We interrupt this program to bring you a special report. This is Cheap Seat Reviews. Hello, and thank you for listening to Cheap Seat Reviews, the podcast that explores the Hollywood film industry for the greater good. The greater good. Oh, that's right. Sam's not here. Uh, (laughs) This is episode 199. We have arrived, 199, and tonight... Uh, 99 episodes uh, of show on the wall, 199, boss. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, Beer. sure. That works. Oh, sh- stop, stop. Okay, anyway. Um, ooh, weird noise. Phone. You good? Okay. Uh, episode 199, and tonight we're talking about Magnificent Seven, the 2016 Magnificent Seven. I am Sean Allred. Oh, no, that's a shame. Then this will be really different for you. Uh, I am Sean, and joining me tonight is Andrew Log Cannon for the win, Jimison. Hola, compadre. <laughs> you get a, you're gonna do that weird little dance that Chris Pratt did in front of the Mexican guy. That was <laughs> that's actually how I dance, by the way. Whenever um, we go out dancing, my wife and I, that's just how I do it. And corny, white people food is for the dogs, Logan. I don't know how to respond to that. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, uh, it was the only food reference in the movie, and I thought it was funny. But sure, I really hoped I might be uh, uh, Vincent D'Onofrio's char- character. Uh, uh, well, yeah. if you want to try his voice, no, um, I'm gonna. I'll say a prayer for you. A little, a little prayer, though. You can do that the whole t- the whole movie, whole, a whole show. I'm gonna kill you, Sean. There you I'm go. Yeah. Oh, and yeah, Sam. If he's not here tonight, he is somewhere else. Um, but I'm sure he would threaten me in some horrific way. So let's pull up a chair and dive into this movie. To, like I said, 2016's uh, the what's I just say the 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 Magnificent oh, Seven, and directed by Antoine Antoine uh, Fuqua. Villeneuve. Um, he uh, has directed many fine film, many a film. I was going to say, I think I've made fun of that name before. We have. Uh, we've seen one of his movies before. We did Olympus Has Fallen for the podcast. Ah, that's right. <clears throat> and so uh, we did, we did um, that one, and we did, <clears throat> excuse me, and we did Shooter. Wait, same Shooter? Yeah, same Shooter. It reminds me, his name reminds me of the Austin Powers scene. He's got the twins. You know, mm-hmm. oh no, I'm uh, fuck you. Oh right, right, <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. yeah, he did that. He did the King Arthur remake, which was not very good. We did Tears of the Sun, which I did mm-hmm. like. He did Training Day, um, Bait, The Replacement Killers. But we've seen mm-hmm. Shooter and Olympus Has Fallen, and now The Magnificent Seven. So he's probably our most prolific director of of the podcast. I would think, maybe I don't know. Um. And he's doing a and uh, the Equalizer two in post production will be out next year. So he likes him some Denzel Washington, but who doesn't? Um, my man, my man. Uh, so yeah, so I was uh, so I was excited to do this movie. Um, that's that's why I put it on the list to do. Uh, a lot of times, whenever I see a movie that gets you know dumped onto Amazon. Uh, which is which is this is on this is on Amazon Prime, not Netflix, and I'm like, oh, I want to see that. You know, do I want to see it for the show or do I just want to watch it? And I'm like, oh, I'll do it for the show, um, and I'm glad I did. I'm 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 glad that we did. And uh, so, uh, Andrew, help us out. What is uh, the Magnificent Seven? In the old west, seven gunmen gradually come together to help a poor village against savage thieves. Okay. That's not, that's not quite right, is it? I mean, I guess it is, but 
I don't know that it's yeah. savage thieves. It it's makes more of a it's more of a corrupt landowner. Right, like savage yeah. thieves makes it think like it's hustlers or Indians or something. Yeah, shut up, Stu Steve. Right. Wait, what? I said, shut up, Scoop Steve. Yeah, okay, that's that, that, that's what you said. Um, um, yeah, yeah, I, I, I guess. Well, it, it's they stole and they were very violent about it, so it kind of works. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it kind of works. It's just uh, it's it's still bad wording. It's it's still you know a corrupt whatever. But that's 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 a, that's a trope, right? I mean, that's like every other you know Western where it's a corrupt businessman from somewhere wants to come in and take all the the land for the railroad or the land for the gold or the land for the farming or whatever, and we gotta send in our goons and take care of stuff, and then the local folk get mad and they rise up and win the day. So <clears throat> if it's that's many- when I send in munition to take care of everything, <laughs> right? <laughs> I get on my giant spider. Munisha. <laughs> that was his that was his um <laughs> that was his his gun lady and then he had uh-huh. Lip and Rita who could read lips from a yeah, telescope. Lip and Rita, yeah. <laughs> you do a really good southern Cajun accent kind of there, Andrew. I'm I'm actually impressed. Um, well, I do declare I do eat lots of Cajun food. Oh, is that is that what it takes? You just have to eat Cajun. That's food? where it comes from. Oh, okay. So, because you see, Andrew is a southern leader, and I swear by the grace of God, we will have a good show. Did we, was it last week on this show that we, we all decreed that we want to do Wild Wild West solely so that I can cap out, um, don't, don't bang on a white lady's boobies at a big redneck ball? Is like, is that, was that last week? I can't remember. Yeah, I think, I think so. yes. Because yeah, okay. if, if we do Wild Wild West... Which, is it streaming? If it's streaming, I mean, Corny, you watched it not that long ago. It was. Um, it was. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll do research. I'll yeah, go. Yeah, justwatch.com will have will let you know if it's streaming. If it's streaming, then it needs to be added to the list because that movie is just special in so many ways. So many ways. Don't so drum, Don't trip on a big. Don't drum on a big lady's boobies at a big redneck ball. Oh, I love it. All right, so. But none of that happened in this movie, which is, of course, The Magnificent Seven. Uh, I had never seen the remake, or the original, I should say. I've not seen the original. I've only seen this version. So I don't have anything to compare it to other than other Westerns of the day. Had any of you guys seen the original one? I unfortunately have not. But the music from the original, I love. Oh, yeah, it's kind of iconic. Oh, yeah, yeah. Do da Yeah. I think I even played it in band, like in high school band or something. Probably in marching band. That was the thing that we played. No, it wasn't marching band. I think it was literally like we did a suite of thematic like marches in concert band. And I remember that bum bum ba dum bum ba ba da dum bum bum ba dum. I remember playing that specifically. Oh, okay. Why the you baritone part had it. I don't know, but we all did. Anyway, did you hear that theme in this movie? Yes. Yeah. At the very end, in the the very, very last credits, very end. which again I'm okay with because they kind of want to separate that they're different movies. In that, I kind of feel like you know you have to you kind of have to earn it. Like like I mentioned that like Michael Giacchino did for for Star Trek. He didn't play the Star Trek theme until the end credits. Because he felt like you had to kind of earn it. You had to get through the movie to earn it. And, ooh, weird noise. And, um, good lord. There's like a tiny helicopter in the system. You hear that? Of course I hear that. Uh, I should, I should, I should, uh, uh, note that I am in a hotel room somewhere outside of Minneapolis, Minnesota right now. Um, Minnesota. Minnesota. So that uh, sound that you hear is actually the air trying to find warmth. It just it, wanders around in corners of hotel rooms. When, until. when we when we left Charlotte, it was like sixty three degrees. When we landed, it was what negative three. I mean, that's a shock to the, like. There's no way you can prepare for that for a plane trip. Um. 
So we. I just, think I would rather set my balls ablaze than to have to spend time in negative degree weather. It, it well, you know, as soon as you get in the car and you turn the heat on, it wasn't that bad. And then you just we just drove to the hotel, and the hotel room's pretty toasty. So, and we are, and our work site is indoors, so it's all right. Not that bad. Anyway, no one cares. My point is, is that this movie um, is this movie. So, Andrew, I guess I'll let you start your uh, your initial thoughts on the 2016 Magnificent Seven. Well, I have seen this now four or five times. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, I think I saw it once with my father-in-law, who enjoys a good Western. And then I may have seen it with my dad. Um, maybe watching bits and pieces. And then I've watched it maybe twice in the past, I don't know, in the past six months. Uh, and then I watched it again uh, yesterday. So I'm very familiar with the movie, with the premise of the movie. And I think the story is told well. I think that as far as the story itself and the, and the, portraying of the story I think is done well um, I don't like the Sarsgaard character I just don't like him as an actor he's been in uh, he's been uh, in a, Green Lantern yeah and Green Lantern the only thing I can think of I think that's the movie that really tainted him for me you said taint I did say taint um but, uh, you know, other than that, I, I, I enjoy the movie. It's just full of action. It's, there are some things that I think are historically inaccurate um, as far as, you know, costuming and clothing that they would probably have worn. But uh, that's the nerd in me coming out. For instance, the, uh, in the 1800s, a girl's breasts would have not been hanging out of her, her blouse, no matter where they were, um, and if we were to take the movie back and rewind it, uh, as if people actually rewind things now, <laughs> but um, and, and go to the scene where they're in the saloon and got the uh, uh, prostitutes in there, mm-hmm. they're actually more covered than the main character is in the first couple of scenes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, they, I mean, I, I do know that, like, they would often have... Um, uh, corsets that would uh, lift and separate. Well, certainly uh, shelve those bad boys. Um, so I, I don't have a problem with that. I mean, again, we're making fun of the 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 Wild Wild West bit. I mean, those those things were out for him to drum on. But it was the fact that that she was kind of walking around with her in like an undershirt that was sort of buttoned. I mean, they this movie it's a dude movie, right? There's a lot of dudes in this movie, and she's like the only woman that has a line. Besides the woman, what sewed up uh, Lumberjack Bob's, you know, jacket? Um, I don't remember his real name. Um, the kingpin, his his jacket, and she D'Onofrio. says like, yeah, D'Onofrio, yeah. She says like one line. Otherwise, there's no women in this movie that that are that matter. It's a, it's just a movie full of dudes. It's just a world of dudes, and 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 so I guess they felt like they needed to. To, to we we gotta we gotta we gotta bring up the sex appeal a little bit by having this cute girl with her with her with her you know bosom kind of uh, appearing. So you I mean well, what more do they want? They had Denzel. Well, it's true. He did have that pretty gnarly mustache. So that looked weird. It did look weird. It didn't look like like mutton chops to a mustache. It just looked like he just didn't shave his cheeks, <laughs> but he shaved his neck. You know. <laughs> Uh, but is I guess, it just me, or is, is Denzel one of those? I mean, I, I think he's a brilliant actor, but is he one of those characters, much like Kevin Costner that and and Sean Connery that they don't do accents? Like it's well, you get what you get. <laughs> well, no, I take it back. Now, um, and um, he does like slight variations on his voice mm-hmm. in an accent uh, in the uh, Fences movie. Um, it was kind of New Yorkish, but it was still Denzel, right? Um, in Philadelphia, it, no, it was, that was just straight Denzel. So no, but yes, it's kind of weird. But in fairness, we we've not asked Denzel to do a lot of movies that would require him to. You know, like he's 
he's never been Morgan Freeman where he's having to play a 16th century um, Moor, you know, like in you know, the Robin Hood movie. Um, we've never asked him saying like Denzel doesn't do period pieces. So it's not like he needs to. I mean, he's and he's from Kansas, right? He's a he's a northerner from Kansas, because they even refer to him as a as a blue as a Yank. So the fact that he doesn't have a southern accent doesn't bother me because he wouldn't. Ethan well, Hawke, on the other hand, does have an accent, and I thought his southern accent was actually really good. Um, his his Louisiana uh, accent I thought was actually really good because most people when they do southern they just sound dumb. Um, and that's just because we live in the South and we know what dumb redneck South accent sounds like. Uh, Cornelius didn't say that. He uh, didn't say it at all. I, I did. Make that clear. No, I did. No, I, yeah, I hear those sounds every day. Yeah, I mean, I do too. I, I, I live in South Carolina, so yeah. So, but I I'm, I mean, I kind of see what you're saying, but I, his, his lack of accent didn't bother me. Um, uh, well, it didn't bother me. I just thought I would bring attention to it. Yeah. I mean, Chris Pratt didn't have an accent either. He was just he was just doing Chris Pratt, but um, like it was Christopher Christopher Walken were in this movie. He'd still be yeah. Well, he's done a western. He did that uh, that really crazy dumb Bruce Willis movie where he talked like this the whole time. You, you give oh, yeah. you make Christopher Walken not do Christopher Walken, and then why do you have Christopher Walken? Yeah. So anyway, um, anything else, Andrew? No, I think I'm, I'm. I mean, like I said, I enjoyed the movie. All right, and uh, I'll probably watch it again. <laughs> okay, <laughs> cool. Uh, corny. Uh, I have not watched it as many times as Andrew, uh, but I have certainly given this at least I think three viewings. So, um, I, I don't know if it's just Denzel and Chris Pratt. Um, but I, 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 this is one of the first movies I've enjoyed in, in quite some time where I was just like, oh, get to watch it again. Uh, and I gladly did. So um, it's a, a slow, even pace for me. And when you need to have action, you had action. I think the dialogue was kept down to a minimum where you didn't need it. Um, just Denzel wearing black and. Being just, a, a, just as being calm a, as he could is just yeah, and just being a cool mf'er, you know. Yeah. Oh, you know what? That movie needed Samuel Jackson. Mm. Well, we you don't even movie. pull. You don't even do the Magnet Seven. You're the Magnificent Two. You just have Denzel <laughs> and Samuel Jackson <laughs> going in that town. That'd be cool. I like that. I'd see a movie where he he was in a, in a western shooting bad guys. Have you ever had a movie where Denzel and uh, Samuel were in the same? I don't. I don't think the the film cameras could hold that much awesomeness. I don't think they could. Yeah, I mean, they barely contained Sam Jackson and, and uh, Jimmy Fox in the same movie. I don't think they could do uh, Denzel. My man, my, my mother. <laughs> I just think it's really interesting that that he and Ethan Hawke are again in you know paired up in this movie and, um, yeah. That, that was uh, that was pretty cool. Same director too, so obviously he likes him some Denzel and Ethan Hawke. Uh, True. And Twilight oh yeah, oh, yeah. they've worked, and of course he and Denzel have worked together a bunch of times with this, and you know, of course, uh, Training Day, Training Day, and the Equalizer. So anyway, no, I, I just it, it's kind of weird. I mean, I don't have a lot to say about the movie other than the fact it's just a good, solid movie, and uh, I, I will. I mean, I'm certainly going to watch it again. Right. Um, I just don't know when, but I'll certainly do it. Okay. Well, I, I'm i definitely going to watch it again for two reasons. One, I kind of want my wife to watch it because she likes Chris Pratt because she thinks he's hot. But, I mean, I do too. Um, <clears throat> so I'll probably watch it again with her. But also, so this is the dumbest thing ever, but this is just what it is. So I watched it. You know, I'm in my hotel room last night, and I don't have good headphones. So I've got my kind of crappy headphones that I'm – like like not even my earbuds it's just a just kind of a crappy headphone and the tv that we're using the remote the volume control only goes up we literally couldn't turn the volume down and it was the second time it took it took two trips to the front desk to get a remote that would just change the channel so um so i accidentally bumped the tv volume up 
And so I was competing with my listening attention between the Olympics and this movie. So I need to go back and rewatch this movie just so I can get more dialogue because I missed some. Um, and so I'm, but I'm looking forward to that. So I, I really enjoyed the movie. There's some parts that I laughed out loud. Uh, I captured a few of those moments uh, for the for the for the clippy clips. D- Vincent D'Onofrio's character, I freaking loved him. I wanted twenty percent more of him, just in his weird voice. I don't again never seen the original, so I don't know if he's channeling that from something else, or if he was just like, this is just this voice that I'm gonna do because this guy's kind of weird, and um, y- you know, like like. Like he, as far as I know, he was the bear in the Revenant. I just, you know, as far as I could tell. You make that comment. I think that bear's wearing people clothes. That was a great line. I didn't capture that, but that was a great line. Um, and I just like the fact that he's just so matter of fact about this stuff too. He's like, "These men took my property, and I'm coming back to collect it." We got a problem with that? Nope. We're good with it. Okay. <laughs> you know, it's just I liked him. I liked him a lot. Uh, I liked Chris Pratt in the fact that he's kind of an asshole, right? I mean, yeah, he's a good guy. He's kind of Harrison Ford in Star Wars One, or Star Wars not One, but Star Wars A New Hope. You know, like he'll shoot. He's also back. racist. He's a little. He's, oh yeah, he's he is a little racist in this. Um, but back yeah, then, just a little bit racist sometimes. Uh, uh, yeah, <laughs> that's like being a little bit pregnant, right? It's the same thing. Oh yeah, <laughs> um, but he—I uh, mean, he's yeah—he's you know, kind of an asshole, and but he's—he's he's a likable dude, and he does the sacrifice play, which I—oh, spoiler! But you know, you guys know that he does the sacrifice play. I didn't expect that. I honestly, I figured a few people would die. I did not expect four of the seven to die. Honestly, um. I did. I did not see Ethan Hawke's character going out and his buddy Billy Rocks, which is just a cool name, by the way, Billy Rocks. Yeah. Um, and I really didn't see Chris Pratt because he's Chris Pratt. He's Chris, you know, Star Lord Pratt. He, he, but yeah, he goes. I think that, that is true to the original uh, from from the conversation that I had with my father-in-law. Actually, it's not because his his character is based off of Steve McQueen's character who lives. Oh, really? Yeah. Huh. Oh. So. Well, yeah, he, yeah, the director made that made that change, and uh, and I liked it. I mean, he. Well, I was I was saying the uh, having several people. Yeah, um, I mean, uh, and you would need that, right? Like, if it, it would be unbelievable if if they all survived, or literally, or only one of them were you know killed. I mean, you know, to have more than fifty percent of your team die in that kind of what happened is it's pretty actually believable. Um, and I will say this, this, this movie once again proves my theory that if I don't take a lot of notes, it means I like the movie a lot. Uh, again, only about 12 notes here. Um, uh, oh, I, I, I lied, Corny. I was wrong. There is another, there is another food reference, um, when, uh, they, when the, uh, our Native American man takes that deer, cuts uh-huh. a chunk of it out and just gnaws on it. And I wrote, I can barely eat cooked deer, let alone raw. Mm. Yeah. Heart. Mm. Is that was what? That or tongue? I thought it was its tongue. What was it? I thought it was this. Are you talking about the scene where Denzel meets the? Yeah. Oh, I thought it was a heart. Maybe it was the heart. I don't know. It was kind of flat, so maybe it was just a chunk of meat. I don't know. Well, I got it, my breakfast. Y'all get yours. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Start the cook fire going. Ugh. Ugh. That scene made me my skin crawl. <laughs> uh Anyway, and then I also wrote, "Ha ha, smart horse." Uh, when he tells his horse, all right, horse, go on. And the horse just leaves. Oh, that was great. I like that part a lot. What a smart horse. I mean, even his horse was black. That's just cool. He's just a cool dude. Horse was like, I got you, dog. Yeah, I got you. Um, and then he used it later on to like hide behind. And like, not as a shield, but just as a screen, like to hide behind it. Like, oh, that's kind of smart, too. You know, oh, there's just a horse over there. No one paying any mind to him. Um,. I did write that it does seem weird that they never call a marshal or anyone else from the government. They just kind of keep it all local. But, I mean, I guess that's probably how it was back then to a point. But I still feel like you got a week. How about you telegram somebody? But maybe they felt like they didn't 
you know, have a choice. I don't know. It wouldn't make for a very good movie then either if all they did was just call the cops. You know, <laughs> Sam Chisholm shows up. No, no, we got people coming. All right, yeah, we get them. Yeah, see ya. Marshall will be here, and I'm sure they'll. I'm sure they won't betray you like these cops did. I'm sure they'll be fine. Uh, I did write. I wonder how they did that horse tripping stunt. That was pretty cool when they did the line. You know, pull the line and the horse tripped and the guy fell off. That was because you can't do that now. Can't can't do that in real life. Um, try harder. Well, yeah. I mean, I guess you could try, but the point is, we can't. Like when they filmed the original Ben Hur with like the chariot races, and they needed the horses to fall. They put tripwire, and then the horses would break their ankles, and then they would just shoot the horse. Like, oh, yeah, mm-hmm. like the horse broke his leg. All right, well, dead. You know, speaking of dead, this is so weird. We were driving, so I'm in Minnesota, right? And we're driving to. We got to work a little early today, and we went to the Mall of America, which is really cool, by the way. It was very cool. Huge place, like not just a roller coaster, but like lots of entertainment options inside place. But on the way there, we literally saw. A truck driving a flatbed tra- uh, trailer with a dead horse on the back. Oh. I swear. It was so weird. It's just the strangest thing. I've... I think up there they call them horsicles. Horsicles. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, a little, little frozen horse humor there. It's always. You know, uh, I, can't, I can't do it fun. I just. No, no, you can't. We can't make this funny. Uh, no, maybe I can't. Uh, no piercer. Yeah. Um, it's uh, fine. Don't worry about it. Oh no, I've got something. I got something for this. Um, just like glue, it just doesn't stick. Oh. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It was weird. Anyway, uh, sorry. Around. <laughs> there you go. I'm actually surprised it took that long for that to happen. Um, Nay. I so Andrew, you you made a reference to one of the things that you didn't like was that the um, you know the, some of the, the the clothing and stuff or not whatever. Um, I'm actually re- I'm on the goofs page on IMDb and they have what's called anachronisms where it's like things that are wrong due to the time, like as mm-hmm. the crew ride into the mining operation to score some dynamite. Really, to score some dynamite? Okay. <laughs> A 45-star American flag is flying on a wooden pole. That configuration flew from 96 to 07. In 1879, the flag would have had only 38 stars. You know, so... Uh, um, oh, yeah, here you go, Andrew. This is... Uh, the beautiful widow's dress is very inviting to the viewer, but a respectable woman of the 1870s would never allow her upper torso, arms, or legs to be seen in public. That was a province of prostitutes. Yep. Um, <clears throat> Which is surprisingly how high school students dress on Valentine's Day. <laughs> yes. Hi, uh, Let's see. Character error? error? What? Oh, yeah, sure. When Faraday is telling the townspeople about Robichaud's history, he, he says that he had 23 confirmed kills at Antietam. Since both men were Confederates, he would have referred to it as Sharpsburg, not Antietam, um, because the North called them battles differently than the, the... The North referred to the town, and the South referred to the uh, geo, geographical landmark, like a, a river or um, thing. So, anyway... Um. Uh, some other moments. Uh, my my point was is that really the only thing that got me, and I'm seeing if it's in here. Some of the stuff is in the is in the um the trivia about it was about the uh, the the Gatling gun, and that yes, Gatling guns were real. Yes, they were devastating. They were they shot a powerful caliber, but. It, it made it seem like the movie that one the the magazine that they used held hundreds and hundreds of bullets, and they didn't. Um, and, and two, <laughs> that thing was like pinpoint accurate. Like shoot the people over there in that building that we can't see from this hill, okay, and would sh- would kill five people. Oh, and shoot over there that building that we also can't see, okay, and then five people will die. So I mean that part was a little strange, but again it was a 
pretty devastating weapon of its day. That was really the only thing that bothered me, honestly, in the movie. I mean, truly. Um, there might have been some other stuff, but I didn't really notice it. I did. My last note was, um, welcome back to the dead people town, kids. <laughs> like, come on back. There's 150 dead people here, but come on back and play some stickball. We'll be fine. You know, I did wonder, like, most of those buildings are now trash that you're going to have to yeah, rebuild. Mm-hmm. So it might have just been simpler to take the 20 bucks and go somewhere else. Right. But it was weird. Like, he – and that was the thing. Okay, to, to your point or Corny's point, I remember who, about Skarsgård and his character. One, the actor, I didn't like his, his, his portrayal. I mean, I guess he's supposed to be a psycho, so he looks like he's bored, but he just – he looked weird the whole time, and maybe that's supposed to be a thing, but I don't know. But it's like he doesn't give them an opportunity to actually take his offer, right? I gave you 20 bucks for an acre, and that you know the pot's not getting any sweeter. And then he rounds him up, burns the church, and shoots like five people. Like, wait a minute. Like, can, can, can you keep people calm? I'll bet you if you didn't do those horrible things... They probably wouldn't have raised an army and tried to kill you or then or or kill you. You know what I'm saying? Like maybe if you just offered them more money, maybe they wouldn't have you know what I'm saying? Anyway, he was a, his character was dumb, is what I'm saying. Yeah. He was a, I'll likely kill you in the morning, yes. He's a bad he was a bad, bad guy. I wrote a lot of tropes for this movie. A lot of tropes. Like Oh yeah. Old West trope. Bad guy brought in he bought the sheriff and he owns the town. Like that's a trope. Uh, music stops when a hero or you know, when the hero walks into the saloon. Uh, there was a oh, hold on. I gotta get my phone. Gotta wake it up. I gotta come on. There was a shoot. Where is it? Why don't I have this? No. Why is that so quiet? Yep, we had a montage. Sorry, I don't know what that noise was. What was that? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> Sorry. That was just a funny noise. Hey, you know what we should do, like, every uh, 50 episodes? Is go, what's in Sean's... Uh... Yeah, what's in Sean's phone, yeah. Uh, like, uh... How, in the name of Zeus's butthole! There we go. Uh... Oh, guess what I did the other day, guys? Well, what'd you do? I watch National Treasure. Oh, okay. Oh, I'm sorry. What? Oh, you don't like National Treasure? I forgot how bad it was. I like, the kid. I like the movie. I don't like him though. Oh, I think it's fine. It's a fine movie. He bothers me. <laughs> he should. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, I just realized that I didn't play the intro to the to the podcast for the clip for the for the movie. <laughs> Oops! I'll play it in our clips section. Oh, you did? No, I didn't. I just went straight into the music. I didn't play the actual intro <laughs> clip that I captured for the Magnificent Seven. Uh, oh, sorry. I, no, sorry. I thought you said you didn't play the intro. I was like, you played our intro. You didn't play the movie. Yeah, intro. I didn't play the movie intro. That's all right. I'll play it when we do clips. It's fine. It's fine. Uh, I wrote the sharpshooter is troubled slash haunted by his past. Um, there you are in. What? There are you. There the. What? The are you in? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The are you in trope. Gosh, I didn't know what I wrote. That didn't make sense. Like, we got something difficult coming up. Are you in? Well, I guess I, I can't, can't let you go by yourself. I guess I'm in. Um, you know, and then, and then they pass a bottle of something, you know. Like, every movie does this. Armageddon did it. Heck, Serenity did it. Right. You know, it's like, who, who, are, you, are you in? And then Jane Cobb says, Preacher Book used to say, or Shepherd Book used to say, if you can't do something smart, do something right. And then he passes the bottle of alcohol. So that's a trope. And then the Han Solo trope where the guy has to come back in the last minute to save the day. So it would only have changed if he came running in going, Yahoo, now let's blow this thing and go home. So uh, I don't know what else to say about the movie. I mean, I just it was a good Western, I thought. I liked it a lot. I had a good time with it. You guys, I mean, anything else you want to say about it? You know, we can do clips or... Um, Maybe that'll spark something. The uh, yes. <laughs> Which? <laughs> Sorry, that reminds me of a. So I watch uh, Dragon Ball Z abridged. Well, not anymore. I kind of on a hiatus, but um, there's a 
you know, there, there's Vegeta. Mm-hmm. Uh, Vegeta is also the Vegeta. Vegeta is the Vegeta's father, uh, the son, and the planet. So one of his minions comes in and goes, Freeze is threatening to kill Vegeta. And the king of Vegeta goes, me, my son, or the planet? And the guy goes, yes. Right. <laughs> nice. Yeah. yeah, that's confusing. Way to go, Dragon Ball Z, to make things confusing. In a cartoon that doesn't need to be confusing. Okay, here we go. A little clippy clip. So this was supposed to be the intro. What a merry band we are. Me, a gray. Chisholm, a blue. Billy, a mysterious man of the Orient. Drunk Irishman. A Texican. A female and her gentleman caller. <laughs> this is not going to end well. There you go. <laughs> I like that. I thought that was good. Just a little uh, little recap, sort of. Not a recap, but like, uh, this is what's happening. Did I play it? Did I? Yeah, okay. Did I hit the right lever, the right button? I don't know. That seemed quiet. All right, number two, or clip number, technically number one. So you seek revenge. I seek righteousness, as should we all. But I'll take revenge. Take revenge. I tell you what, um, I really liked that they saved Denzel's kind of backstory, his motivation for this whole thing, till the very end. Like we don't really get, yeah. you know, we get one hint of it about, you know, from Ethan Hawke because Ethan Hawke knows him. But mm-hmm. you know, we don't really get anything from it. And then at the end, and he pulled that scarf off, and you know, basically, he survived a lynching because of this man. Like, yeah, I get it. Totally get it now, and uh, and you kind of figured something was like that was the reason for it, but you weren't a hundred percent sure. But yeah, it it got shit got real. So I liked it. I liked that part. <laughs> I can't wait. No, and okay. I, speaking of that scene, mm-hmm. so you finally get that, and it's a great reveal. And you're right. That I'm, I'm glad they waited, but the fact that he, you know, t- you know, let's pray together. That that whole thing that was ice cold, but. The fact that the guy still had time to pull out a you know gun and attempt to kill him uh, after all that yeah. kind of got me feeling like you missed your opportunity. You should have like broken his fingers and and, and you know just uh, gone full on Batman on him. Right. Uh, <laughs> well, I I actually thought when there you hear the gunshot, I actually thought for a moment that he got him. Like I thought that the bad guy was going to hit Denzel, and then yeah. Denzel's just kind of looking at him, and then kill him in some way and then they're just going to die together. I actually yeah. didn't, I didn't foresee uh you know Cutie Mc uh sharpshooter back there to to shoot the bad guy. Um which is kind of a risky move if you think about it because you know like he gets shot in spasms and still pulls the trigger. You know, he still could have killed Denzel. Um it's in fairness, but anyway. Um clippy clip number 2. Who's she? Joan of Arc. My name's Emma Cullen, and this is my associate, Teddy Q. Well, I do have an affinity for shiny things. Is it difficult? Impossible. How many you got so far? Two. What, them? You and me? (laughs) I like that. You and me? Uh, Okay. So I, I, I entitled this clip, What Did They Say? Once again, let's play the game of Sean can't understand when people talk, so let's see if we can figure it out. You ready? Here we go. Seven seconds of I have no idea what happened. I'm excited to see you with a storm on our backs. Rain ain't no more wet. What we lose in the fire, we will find in the ashes. That's right. Okay. I got that part. What we lose in the fire, we will find in the ashes. I got that part. All right? Okay, okay. All right, so we, we, we're good with Ethan Hawke, you know. Sight to see you with a storm on our backs. I, sight to see you with the w- straw on our backs? I would say skin on our backs? I, I don't know. It's, uh, oh, yeah, I thought you said nice to see you with a storm at our backs. Oh, okay, let's try that again. Sight to see you with a storm on our backs. Okay, there it is, storm on our backs. All right, see, that makes sense. All right, so now what does Denzel say? Rain ain't no more wet. What? <laughs> Backs. Rain ain't no more wet. Anyone? 
Is he singing a song? Ready, ready, ready. I mean, I'm back. Ready, no more No idea. I had no idea at all. I'm going to play the whole thing. Maybe we can get some context. Sight to see you with a storm on our backs. Ready, no more way. What we lose in the fire, we will find in the ashes. Still no idea. Mm, that sounds like a subtitles moment. Yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know. I, I don't know. That that was. Um, it sounds like he's trying to say something about rain. Maybe he said rain ain't over yet. Or... Rain ain't. Oh, maybe yet. Yeah. Rain ain't over yet. Maybe that's what he says. Oh, look at you, Andrew. That's storms in our back. Rain ain't over yet. Rain okay. ain't over yeah. yet. That I think you're right. That that makes the most sense over the. The all little, right, all right. Over the bah, 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 thing that I wait is well, well, I, when you teach high school, you have to get used to. Did I see that right? High schoolers mumbling all the time and not really understanding what they say. Yeah, is that is that a thing? Yeah, it's a thing. I have a five year old, so I I still have to translate sometimes for him. But, oh, I'm this sure that he speaks more fluently. Ooh, <laughs> I'm glad I paused that. <laughs> I meant to apparently. Um, the Seven Psychopaths poster and Magnificent Seven poster are very similar. <laughs> wow. They are very similar to each other. Because um, I was going to pull up that scene and actually do... Actually do the... Uh, what, what's, the what's it called? The subtitle on it. So I I can figure out what he said. So... Um, uh, anyway, let's see. I'm real close. Hang in there. He's doing his thing. He's doing his thing. Oh, look, there's a scene where he's kind of foreshadowing. He's holding his neck. That's kind of cool. Um, <laughs> I mean, the second time I watched that, I, did, I caught that scene. And I was like, oh, yeah. Right. Yeah, look at that. I got to find where are subtitles. Here we go. Subtitles in English. Here we go. Good night. Oh, yeah. Oh, wait. I got to go back up. Here we go. Oh, sight to see. Yep, where the rain ain't. Wait, go back. <laughs> this moment of clarification is brought to you by Amazon. <coughs> sorry. Joe Pesci. Oh, sorry. Okay. Uh, 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 good night, Robichaud. Oh, sight to see, even with, a, with, even with a storm on our backs. So we got that part wrong. Even with a storm on our backs. Yeah, rain ain't nothing but wet. Okay, well, you know, we were close. Rain ain't nothing but wet. Well, well, we lose. Well, well, what we lose in the fire, we'll find in the ashes. Okay, so now we've got that clarification. That that helps because that didn't make sense, but now it does. So, <laughs> and see, and again, the sound guy in me is like, hey, hey, director guy, and and Anton, hey. I can't understand what Denzel said. Can we do that line over again so we can get it? Because I can't understand what he said. Like, those conversations happened. At least they should happen on set. They, I, I used to have those conversations with the director. But we were doing shit films. So maybe maybe Denzel just says, you're just going to get what you get. All right? My man. Okay, here we go. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. For, from now on, actually, when I hear my man, I think of Momo, Mimosa? Momoa. Momoa. From... Uh, Oh, um, Justice, from Justice League. League when he's like, my man. ride's not over. My man. And I like that part. That was cool. Uh, you weren't on that episode, were you, Corny? I was not. On Justice League. That's a shame. We had a good time with that. I actually liked it a lot better than the Superman versus Batman thing. All right. Uh, moving on to the next clippy clip. Clippy, clippy, clippy clip. Uh, number four. This is entitled... Oh, this is D'Onofrio being fantastic. Quite a batch of strays. I'll say a prayer for you. You know, a, a little prayer. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. A little prayer. Because D'Onofrio's a big dude, right? Like, yeah. they didn't just make him big for Kingpin. He's a big man. And uh, I love the fact that he's making fun of his size. It just makes me laugh. Makes me laugh. Yeah, he's 6'4". He's an inch taller than I am. Yeah. Um, wow. And when he was playing Kingpin, probably weighed 
probably pretty close to the same, don't you think? He's probably 280, 270 in that movie, in that show, in Daredevil. What do you think? Oh, anyway. He gained 70 pounds for his role in Full Metal Jacket. Jeez. Holy cow. Um, yeah, that's not just a spare tire there. <laughs> I'm trying to see if it says anything about... Um, he's left-handed. I was trying to see if it had anything about him for um, Kingpin, but it doesn't. Anyway, <clears throat> I liked him. He was great. Uh, I liked that line, too. Uh, what's next? Something else about something. Um, oh, yeah, this is funny. Like being in one of them damn zoos. Fame is a sarcophagus. <clears throat> you read those in a book, or you just make them up as you go? I'll try to use one-syllable words from now on. <laughs> The best part is that Chris Pratt literally is asking the question. He has no idea. Um, So, all right. Uh, Last one, I think. Yeah, I think this is my last one. Uh, Number six, this is in that moment where are you in? And they all have to kind of say a little thing. I'm glad they didn't make the trope like extend out, like only two people spoke. Not everyone had to say a thing. Um, But. Uh, like, you have my sword and my axe. Yeah, I love that part. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I forgot that they do that in Lord of the Rings. You're right. They totally do. Um, here we go. You know, I knew that tomorrow's going to be a dark day. You know, now that there's one less of us, it's going to be darker. But to be in the service of others with men that I respect, like you all, I shouldn't have to ask for more than that. There you go. I like it. It was very sweet. Sweet moment. All right, here we go. And now for some more bad news. Ready? Say a little prayer. Say a little prayer for you. <laughs> trivia, trivia. Ba-da-da-da. Uh, the horse that Chris Pratt rides, rode in the film, was the same horse in War Horse. That's a working horse. I like it. That's kind of cool. The workhorse. Uh, this made me sad. James Horner, who was the sound mix, uh, sound uh, the film composer, worked on this film after he and Antoine Fuqua became close friends while making Southpaw. According to the director, Horner's team visited on him on the film's set in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, one month after Horner's accidental death, to deliver the completed score. Horner had been so inspired after reading the script that he composed the entire score during pre-production. Wow. Yeah. And I could tell 1,000% it was James Horner. It has that mm-hmm. James Horner trumpet flair. I, I liked the score a lot. I thought it was really good. Oh, yeah. And not there just because it was James Horner. I just I liked it. Um, but I also have a thing for James Horner. And it makes me sad. And speaking of James Horner, almost each time there is a shot of Vasquez, the Mexican cue is heard, which is a reused cue, James Horner's earlier score from The Mask of Zorro. So, I like that. I like people when they do that. Also contains, uh, spoiler, so spoiler for Training Day, if you've not seen it, I know Andrew has, or um, Sam hasn't seen it, so it, it won't matter. Um, when the you know same director uh, Denzel Washington dies and Ethan Hawke lives in this film, it's the reverse. Both characters are killed by "quote unquote" automatic gunfire. So there you go. Uh, that's it. That's our that's the trivia I got. There was some more, but none of it was really any good. Uh, there's this. Excuse me while I whip this out. Time for top three. We're doing Denzel Washington films. Woo! All right. Uh, I don't know why I did that. Andrew. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. Um, oh, crap. You know when you click things, you shouldn't click. And... You go blind. Yep. Okay. Uh, I love Denzel Washington movies as 
most people that have ever seen a Denzel Washington movie would say. Um, I'm going to say a strong number three to um, The Book of Eli. Okay. My man. I love that movie. Mm, it's a great movie. Uh, we're going to go number two with Remember the Titan. You're overcooking my grits. And number one, one of the first movies that uh, really, really got to me. And I, I guess I was, gosh, I don't know how old I was. I guess I was in high school. Was a movie John Q. Yeah, where he, his son has uh, needs a transplant, and he basically holds the hospital hostage because he wants to basically do everything he can for his son. Mm-hmm. And I, it's one of those movies that's really hard to watch, but it's such a great movie, and he does just a, a fantastic job. Yeah, especially hard to watch as a as a parent. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, this was, I was a senior in high school when that came out. Uh, so it was hard for me to watch then, so I don't know that I could watch it now. Right. Okay. Uh, uh, that's not your whole list. What was what you got left? Was that it? Was that all three? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Sorry. I somehow missed one. No, uh, um, Book of Eli, Remember the Titans, and uh, John Q. Okay. Ooh, John Q. Yeah. Uh, Corny. Yeah. All right. Um, my number three is going to be um, Remember the Titans. All right. Um, oh, actually, I want to throw a honorable mention for Philadelphia. Oh, sure. And uh, two is... Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? I don't know. Oh shit! I lost my movie. The Equalizer. I actually thought it was really. Oh yeah, yeah, that is a good one. What fantastic flick there! And my number one is Training Day. You know, honestly, all of these are number ones because it's Denzel. Sure. Uh, but no, Training Day was the first time we got, I got to see an evil Denzel, and man, that guy's scary. Hmm. Okay. All right. What about you, Sean? Uh, sorry, my wife just sent me a text to let me know something. I, just, I got super distracted. Um, <clears throat> uh, my number honorable mention, which isn't a number, is Courage Under Fire. I really like that oh, movie a lot with uh, uh, the Meg Ryan and the people in the war. Number three is The Siege. really like The Siege. And uh, your, your Bruce Willis and your Guy that played Monk, he's in it too. Uh, number two, Crimson Tide. And my number one, actually, I'm going to switch that. Crimson Tide is going to be my number one. Book of Eli is going to be my number two. I think that's probably <laughs> Actually, uh, I know you just did that, but um, I, I remember what movie I lost. Uh, Glory. Oh, Glory. That, that's, he won best. He won an Oscar for Glory, right? Uh, I don't think he did. I thought he did. I Love Glory. That movie is so good, and the soundtrack is great. And Matthew Broderick is really good. I just like it so much. I want to throw another honorable mention in there when I'm thinking about it. Yeah, sure. Nobody mentioned this. I thought maybe somebody would, but Man on Fire is another movie that again, <coughs> it's again, a good movie. movie. I have yeah yeah Oscar won Denzel actor for uh, best actor in supporting role. Okay, okay. Yeah, and then best cinematography and best sound. All three won. Nominated for Best Art Direction and Best Film Editing. Uh, but it won yeah, an Oscar for Denzel. And uh I mean that that scene when he's getting when he's getting whipped for, for whatever he reason, that scene just is hard to watch. Mm-hmm. It's just hard to watch. Oh, um uh, I think also in that scene, he actually got hit. He did he actually did get hit several times. Uh, and that's kind of a that, I forgot Working Freeman was in that. That, that's kind of a thing that happens, right? Like in, when they did The Passion of the Christ, um, yeah. Jim Caviezel got hit one time too, and they said that, like he said, that when he got hit, he 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 went to his knees, and they said and that was on one hit, let alone as many as whatever, um, as many as um, he actually was hit. I'm looking at the um, 
in the trivia for glory. Morgan Freeman did all of his own stunts. <laughs> That's kind of cool. God can do that. Uh, Edward Zwick claims that, I don't know who Edward Zwick is, maybe the director. Yeah, he's the director. A brother of John. Um, John Zwick. John Zwick, yeah. Uh, for the flogging scene, Denzel was lashed at full contact with a special whip that would not cut his back but still stung. For the final take of the scene, Zwick hesitated calling cut to signal the flogging to stop as the result of Washington's spontaneous tear down his cheek. So, like, he was only supposed to get it, like, one or two times, and he kept going, and so Denzel just kept acting. And then it probably the pain eventually just got to him, and that tear was real. That tear won him an Oscar. Um, wow. Yeah. Uh, his, his man back was on fire. <laughs> Edward Zwick was initially apprehensive about how his African-American cast would feel about this telling of a crucial part of their history by a young white Jewish director. To his delight and relief, he found his cast to be very affable and good-humored towards him, some of them even grateful that he was brave enough to tackle such an important subject. That's cool. Uh, according to Zwick, Matthew Broderick and Carrie Elwes did not get along during filming. That's kind of funny. Oh, you okay? Jeez. Oh, you all right? What was that? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Red Pirate Roberts and uh, right. Ferris Bueller not getting along scared me. <laughs> they don't like each other. <laughs> anyway, that's our top three. Uh, and that's it. Now, time for the moment you've all been waiting for, whether you realize it or not. Actually, that's not true. We have one more little segment here. Sam oh, actually uh, oh. Sam uh, sent me a text because I said, hey, um, are you able to – because he watched the movie. Uh, he just wasn't able to participate, but he, he sent in his little, uh, little mini review um, so as we're getting ready to give our, uh, out of 10, <clears throat> excuse me, out of tens, <coughs> sorry, uh, he wrote, quote, wasn't a big fan of the movie. Denzel was good, but I think this was the first time Chris Pat, Chris Pratt has been miscast. Didn't believe his story movie felt like a dress up Western than a real thing. 5.2. So well, Sam well, obviously his name was drunk. Um, <laughs> I thought Chris Pratt was great. But that's okay. Um, and that's why we have, uh, you know, a difference of opinion. So Sam says a 5.2. All right, Sam, if you hear this podcast, I'm going to find you. <laughs> we're going to talk about this. <laughs> no, we're not. Uh, or maybe we are. I don't care. We're seeing. All right. So, uh, Andrew, you're out of 10, please. Um, well, I'm going to give this like a. Uh, maybe a 7.1. Okay. I like it. Corny. Uh, I'm going to go with a 7.6. Um, uh, 7.62. I was, I was still fairly pleased with it. Um, I think I get a little bit higher because I like art large ensemble movies as well. So mm-hmm. like the Ocean's Eleven and so on and so forth. When I get movies like that, um, I, I tend to enjoy them a little bit more, especially if it's Really good, or fairly good, I should say. Right. Okay. Cool. Uh, I'm gonna give it myself a seven point nine nine. I liked it a lot. Really did. That was good. Enjoyed it. I can't wait to watch it again because I will. All right. Now, the moment you've been waiting for. The selection of our two hundredth episode movie. We have eleven entries. Uh, so thank you to all who participated. Uh, in our little um, uh, thing. So whoever wins this will get a gift card for $25 to a movie theater uh, of your choice. Uh, so we have, like I said, 11 movies. And um, should I say what they are or we just do it and go? Just do it and go, you think? Um, or should I say what they are? Yeah, just say what they are. Sure. All right. So uh, so uh, um, we have back to the on the list, we have uh, Back to the Future, Krampus, with Honors, The Goonies, Wuthering Heights, Fury, 25th Hour, uh, Rocket Man, Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan, The Arrival, and The Golden Child. Um, and Corny, the note for The Golden Child I got was, because you started your show on an Eddie Bur- Murphy movie, I feel like 200 should have it one. So that was what the note came with that. That's fantastic. I, I like oh. 
Yeah, I did there. Um, and um, uh, Catherine, dear friend Catherine of the show, she actually threatened with um, Fifty Shades of Grey and then changed it to The Arrival. So, well, I actually, uh, in honor of Valentine's Day, went with my wife yesterday to see the latest one. Oh, yeah? Yeah. How, how was watching a porn with your wife? Well, uh, honestly, this one, the, I've seen all of them because that was kind of what we've done for Valentine's Day for the past couple of years because she, they come out on Valentine's and she has read those books and begged me to go along with her. And uh, and you're a good husband. And I'm a good husband. I try to be. So, uh, so I did. And of the three, honestly, this one was decent like i mean the acting was terrible but the uh it had some action and uh, it was kind of interesting they uh, action action in a good way not action as in yeah more biochica wow wow action i mean both are good if you know yeah. what i mean uh, uh, uh. yeah this one was nominated for like four razzies which is pretty funny so yeah, yeah. you're a razzie uh you're a razzie all right so here we go i told you this this is how i was gonna do it so i said that siri is gonna pick the movie that we're going to do, so there's no bias um, at all, because um, you guys can see the list. So I was going to make sure that there was no bias. Oh, hold on, hold on, Siri. I'm not ready for you yet. She's getting a little jumpy. Yeah, she is. What is she about to say? You tell Siri, Siri, calm down. <laughs> Siri, pick a number between 1 and 11. <laughs> Boy, this is thrilling radio. She's being a little stubborn. Yeah, uh, she's thinking. This film is nine. Nine. Okay. All right. Well, nine. Um, and and corny, you can corroborate because you're looking at the list. Nine. Uh, I'll let you tell me. I don't want anybody to think that I'm being biased here. All right, Siri, pick that random. And what is number nine? I'm oh, sorry. Is that the list that's down? Wait, it knows the very that? top. Go at the very top to the right. Oh no! Come back. <laughs> I don't want anybody to be like. Oh, of course, this is what the movie is because Sean picked it. No, Siri picked the number. Very top to the right. Yeah. Uh, I don't see. Oh, to the right. Letter no. O in the category or in the column. Column. O. Is that okay? Sorry. Damn it! Boy, the suspense is killing me. Number nine. <laughs> nah, it's, <laughs> that's what it is. Not nah, F you, Siri. <laughs> no, no, it's uh, The Wrath of Khan. Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan. Okay. So, all right. So I, I actually can't think of a more perfect movie for us to do. I could. Than my favorite, <laughs> one of my favorite movies of all time. So, so there we go. Uh, that's next week, and it's streaming. I think it's streaming on Amazon. I can't remember. Um, so well, we shall find it. Yes, we will. We shall find it and we shall watch it because we all have special skills. So that's it. So thank you to everyone who else who participated in the movie list, uh, game. I will let Jay Scott, who is the winner of that, know that he has won a gift card, um, to Jay Scott. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Oh, this is heavy. Uh, so he, yeah, so uh, yeah, that's really cool. Um, and it was funny because his original su- suggestion was airplane, but then he said no, he wanted to do Wrath of Khan. Oh, um, we had we had okay that helicopter's back. That's been weird. We had several um, multiple selections. Mul- like one person would send in like three or four different things. Um, the person that actually sent in for Fury it was literally like a list of seven or eight. And so I was like, I'm just going to pick one. So um, anyway. Okay. So that's what we're doing next week. Star Trek II Wrath of Khan. I'm really excited. That's going to be flipping awesome. Please, everyone, come back to listen to that episode. I'm excited for it. Um, That's our show. That's it. That's episode 199. Next week you've got 200. All those that didn't make the list, your, your movies will get thrown into our pile. And as soon as they're streaming, we'll do them um, so oh, that they get done. Um. I did add Training Day to our to our list of movies to watch because uh, Sam hadn't seen it, so we will be doing Training Day real soon. And we've got a couple others that people have requested recently um, that have been added to the list. Um, the Circle and Chappie have both been added to the list because 
People oh. wanted us to watch them. So I said, okay, we'll do it. So they've been added to the list. Um, all right, that's your show. Gosh, that was fun. Um, and I remember to hit record, which is exciting. <laughs> because I forgot to do that last week. Um, <laughs> what a mess that was. Uh, oh, wait, I was supposed to play this. Wait, what's supposed to happen? Okay, there we go. That's our out of 10. All right, so anyway... Um. Yeah. So next week, like I said, Star Trek Two: Wrath of Khan. Uh, Corny, have you, did you find it yet, or did you not even have you looked yet? You got well, the, well, the look for what? Uh, never mind. I'll do it. Um. Oh, bridges. Okay. I'm sorry. Oh no, no, no more. I, I got it. I got it. Uh, so in the meantime, CheapSeatReviews.com is our website where you can go and look at some old films. Uh, Sam's been super busy; he hasn't had a chance to update, but he will real soon. Um, maybe. Star Trek Two. There we go. Uh, so, uh, Twitter account is at Cheap Seat Reviews. Um, hmm. It's only on stars. All right. Well, we'll get it. We'll find it. We'll get. We'll watch it. Um, uh, also, go to uh, Facebook pages. Uh, you know, of course, facebook.com slash Cheap Seat Reviews. Like, leave us reviews, please. Leave us reviews. We need them kind of desperately. So, go to our, go to iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, YouTube, wherever. Leave us a review. We appreciate it. And, of course, you can send your emails, your requests, your comments, your you guys are the worst thing since sliced bread or whatever, um, to cheapsreviews at gmail.com. I guess we can blame gluten or something for that. I don't know. Um, yeah, I don't know. Anyway. Horse meat. Uh, yeah, horse meat. Uh, so that's it. That's our show. Thank you so much for listening. Again, I'm really excited about next week. And thank you guys so much for supporting us for 200 episodes. So... Uh, on behalf of uh, Andrew, Sam, Corny, this is Sean saying thank you so much for listening and good night.